This is an interview on Saturday, September 12th, 2020, with heathen guitarist Craig and Lum by Nick Perkel. Now, dude, can you tell me about getting your first guitar? Uh, yeah, I was about eight years old. Um, I used to, um, my mom used to put the radio on for me when I would go to sleep at night and it was 1980 and every night at the same time I would hear a song and I, I started to really like it. And I was like, I don't know what this is. So finally, uh, I heard the name of the song and I told my mom. I said, I want to get this, whatever this music is. It's called Back in Black. It was by ACDC. And that was it. And I just wanted to play guitar after that. So I, my mom and dad took me to uh, get a guitar and start guitar. It was uh, probably some big old acoustic, which I hated playing. And, and it didn't sound anything like ACDC. So uh, that was my, my first guitar. Uh, I, I definitely don't own it anymore. Um, and I, I don't think I got it. I, into playing right away um, at that point. It, it took me a few years to get to a point where I wanted to go back to it. Now, please speak about some of the private music lessons you took when you were younger. Uh, well, I took from a number of different um, uh, teachers over the years. Um, my family moved around the United States, and I, I lived in a, a three or four different states when I was a kid. So I probably had uh, some type of teacher in each one of them. It wasn't really until I got to Los Angeles um, and, and where I spent my teenage years. Uh, I was taking lessons um, where I lived in Western Los Angeles area. And I remember taking a song into my teacher and he was kind of like a, a hippie, uh, you know, 70s rock guy. And he just didn't understand metal. This was like, you know, early 80s and he just wasn't getting it. And while I, I took this song in, it was on a cassette and he had a little tape player in the in this uh, lesson studio and he was um, trying to figure the song out. And while he was trying to figure it out, I figured it out and something clicked in me that day. I went home and I played along with the, the song and I went to my mom and I said, I need a new guitar teacher. And uh, and so that was kind of when, when music really clicked for me. And the next teacher, I got really lucky. We went to another lesson studio in the Santa Monica area of California. And <clears throat> the teacher that ended up, uh, you know, being available for lessons for me was a studio musician in Los Angeles. So I really learned a lot from him about not just uh, technique and, you know, music theory, but also about how to get a good tone on an amp, um, just everything. He, he was a great teacher, and I got really lucky to, to learn from him, um, especially at that point in my teenage years when I was starting to really get into music and metal, you know, thrash metal in particular, um, pretty heavily. Now, you released Seasons of Purgatory as a bonus track on the new Evolution of Chaos. Remaster. Can you tell me the backstory on that track and a bit about the writing? Yeah, sure. Um, that song was written by uh, John Torres, uh, who passed away a few years ago, unfortunately. Um, and it was basically written and recorded. Um, at the time, we were looking for uh, vocals to fit 
over it. And, you know, the, basically the guys just couldn't agree on anything. I know Dave had come up with a bunch of things and John had come up with a bunch of things and none of them were really kind of working out um, how they wanted them to. So we ended up leaving the song off the album um, when, when we released it originally in 2010. When we brought up the idea to Mascot Records uh, to do a 10th anniversary edition of the album, I really wanted to see if we could track that song down and complete it. And, you know, after 10 years of, you know, not hearing it, I was listening to it and the other guys as well. And they were, everybody agreed it, it, that it sounded like an instrumental. So basically what we did is we um, we didn't do any additional recording or anything. We just uh, had it mixed and. Uh, presented it as an instrumental, uh, and it and it's a really cool addition to the to the reissue, not just to have an extra track, but also because uh, John Torres wrote it, and you know we remember him fondly um, and and miss him. So it was a cool kind of tribute to him as well. On the DVD, you have the '09 Thrash Domination concert on there. What were your favorite parts from that show? Um, my favorite were probably the second night. <laughs> uh, I think we, we played a little bit better the second night, uh, but they only filmed the first night. It was my first time playing in Japan. So, uh, that was awesome. It was the band's first time playing in Japan. Um, we had two nights in a row. It was with Exodus creator and, um, who was the other band? Was it Testament? I don't know, maybe Sodom or Tankard? That's right. Testament creator Exodus. No, it was Testament. And, uh, it, you know, it was a really cool bill. It was two nights in Japan, our first shows over there. The crowd was super stoked for us to be there. Um, and, you know, we just we just had a great time playing. And, and it, they they filmed it. And I was able to uh, talk with the, the club who owned the footage and asked them if it would be okay if we used it on the DVD, and they and they agreed, and and we were able to do uh, some some stuff to kind of clean it up and make it look um, even better. And uh, it was just a really cool moment. There's a there's a a part of uh, the song "Kill the King," um, the Rainbow cover, when we pl- were playing that, where Tom Hunting, the drummer from Exodus, comes up and sings background vocals. So it was. It's a really cool show and, and definitely a great memory. I have a flag that uh, one of the fans handed me uh, after the concert, which is a cool memory as well. Now, writing on this new album goes back to around 2012. Can you describe like the different stages and mention the songs that were in those stages when you're composing music for this album? Yeah, sure. So um, we signed with Nuclear. Blast in 2012, and I got right to work writing songs. Uh, I had instrumental versions of probably four of them at that point. Um, that would have been, let's see, uh, it was the, the title track, but with different lyrics and a different arrangement. It was The God's Divide, let's see, Sun in My Hand, and In Black. Those were the first four songs that I that I wrote for the record. And out of those uh, four songs, three of them are identical um, to what the demos were. And um, the only thing that 
that the only one that changed was uh, the title track. Um, I changed the lyrics and um, basically rearranged the song and and made some adjustments to make it make it work better for the vocals. So um, I think about two years later, I had lyrics for all of those songs and then had also demoed uh, Blood to be Let and another song that we didn't end up uh, recording for the record. So uh, that was kind of the initial stages of writing. And then I got sucked into the Exodus Vortex and was touring with them pretty heavily for about five years. And, um, and I, I really wasn't able to get back to writing until uh, 2019. I, I had done bits and pieces of, um, of, you know, songs like I think Devour and Shrine of Apathy were like partway written, but the rest of it really just came together uh, in 2019 in the first half of the year. I think I like the sun in my hand as my favorite. Can you tell me how that song oh, cool. came together? Yeah, um, that was probably the first song I wrote for the record. It, it, if not the first one, it was like the second one. But it was, um, I just had this idea and I, I went with it. And I, I remember I had a, a, a rehearsal studio. This, I still lived in Los Angeles at that time. And I would I would just go there and and there was no air conditioning. So I would just sweat and work out these songs in this in this little studio. And uh, I, I re- recorded all the music and and the, even the solos like it all just kind of came to me. The lyrics are, are focused. They're, they're kind of a personal, more of a, a personal lyric than, um, you know, some of the, the more political ones that we've that we've had um, on the record. But. It's kind of about um, it was kind of a, about a journey for me uh, and like a I don't know how you want to ex- want to explain it, but I I spent um, 12 years uh, working for Activision making video games and I had gotten uh, in my career and they had a massive layoff and I uh, I was laid off and I looked at it as a chance to sort of start over and so the, there's a lot of sort of dark imagery. Um, in the lyrics, but it's ultimately a positive message, um, which is how I felt after the layoff where I had worked so hard and done all this stuff to try and climb the corporate ladder, but ultimately it's not what I wanted to do. And I wanted to get back to doing music. And I, and I felt like it was my chance to really, um, you know, take life by the ball, so to speak, and reach for the sun. So that's more or less what the what this song is about. Now, can you tell me about the contributions uh, on the album from Gary Holt, Rick Hunnolf, and Doug Piercy? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, towards the end of the writing process, I started working on this song um, and uh, create what I would call like a classic instrumental. Um, and, and what I mean by that is an instrumental where it's still a song and it's uh, you know, there's some element of the music in this case, the guitars um, that take the place of the vocals. Um, And I I was working on this song and I I started working on this, the middle part where I thought the solos would go. I had this idea pop into my head about how cool it would be to have a Bay area shred off. And um, so I, I, I called Gary and Rick 
and Doug Piercy that used to be in, in Heathen. And I asked all of them if they would be interested in playing a solo or two. And they all, they all said yes. And I started designing this sort of uh, trade-off solo section. Um, and uh, that's really that's really how it came about. Those guys all uh, basically uh, recorded some, some short solos where they trade off um, back and forth. And it's, it's a really cool moment because you get to hear the original Exodus H team, you know, doing trade off solos. And then the original heathen team of Lee and Doug uh, doing trade off solos. And for me, it's, it's a special song because I grew up as a fan of all of these guys and their bands. So to have them, um, you know, play solos on a, on a song that I wrote, and, and not only that, but all of them play together. Um, it makes it a really cool moment. And they all they all killed it. They all have different styles, and, and it sounds great. Please speak about some of the different audio clips you sampled to be put into the album. I noticed uh, Jim Jones in there. Yeah, that's actually the only samples uh, in the on the album. Uh, they're all in the, uh, the song Devour. Uh, that song is about a megalomaniac. And I, I don't know, uh, the song was done. Uh, and I, and this thought just popped into my head about like, wouldn't it be cool to put a sample in there of Jim Jones, which is kind of a callback to uh, the song Hypnotized from Heathen's Victims, Victims of Deception album. That, that song starts with Jim Jones' followers. And um, I, I, did a, a Google search or whatever and found this website that had all of these recent declassified recordings of Jim Jones. And I happened upon uh, this one in particular and I was like, wow, this is just perfect. So uh, I tried putting it in the song and, you know, I had, I had to do some minor edits to make it musical, if that makes any sense. Um, but it came out really cool. And I think it's a, I think it's a different, um, you know, it makes the song a little bit different from all the other ones. And at the same time, it's got it's got its, you know, it's got a, a cool vibe and it's got um, a song about a megalomaniac with a megalomaniac talking in the middle. Of it. It's pretty cool. It came out really interesting. The, the guys loved it, too. When it came to writing this album, what three songs were you most proud of and why? Hard one. They're all my babies. <laughs> um the title track, when I, I discovered that I added this second guitar part that just made it epic. And um, I'm really proud of the way that that song came out, especially from where it started um, in, in the demos. Sun in My Hand, uh, I, I'm, I'm really proud of that one. I think it's a really great song. Um, the Blight and A Fine Red Mist, if I had to pick a couple others. I don't think I could, I don't think I could narrow it down to three. <laughs> now, you have a guitar book coming out next month for the album. Can you please tell me about it? Yeah, sure. Um, I, uh, over the last, uh, probably three or four years, I've released a number of, uh, guitar books, uh, three for Exodus, um, one for a band from LA called Abysmal Dawn. Uh, and, one for my band Prototype, and um, and then one for Nevermore. 
Um, and I, I really wanted to put a guitar book out at the same time as the album. It's been done before, but it, it's very rare these days. The guitar book in general, um, there used to be a, a lot of them published. And now it's basically just the top selling artists. And uh, I, I just really wanted to put out a book that was for this record. Um, I had to tab out a lot of the stuff for, um, for the guys as I was, as I was writing and stuff. And, uh, I just thought it would be a really cool thing for the the fans. There's a lot of great guitar work on the record, um, by, you know, all the guest musicians and, and Lee and, and I just thought it would be really cool for the guitar players, um, to see, you know, how the music works, um, especially with Heathen, where we do a lot of layering, um, where there are additional guitar overdubs and things. And the way I present the book, it's more like a, a classical score. I sort of expand the the um, notation staff, you know, as there are overdubs, guitar parts where, and then there are all of a sudden four guitar parts. And so I'll have each one of the parts on its own staff, kind of like a classical score um, to show people how they all work together. And I think it's a, I think it's a cool way to do it. And it hasn't, hasn't really been Guitar books haven't really been presented in that way before. Now, what is your most hallowed musical possession? Um, in terms of instruments, it's probably my Jackson King V that used to be owned by Robin Crosby of Rat. I used that on all of my uh, early recordings with Psychosis and... Um, and played live with it. Uh, and I, I, I basically just don't take that out of the house anymore, it's, but it's, it's an awesome instrument and it's one of the really early Jacksons. And I, I would say that's probably, probably the, the most cherished, uh, of my instruments. What about something like a CD or like a vinyl or something? That's a good question. One of the most rare, uh, CDs that I own there was an Exodus release. Um, it was called A Lesson in Violence. And it was basically uh, the entire uh, live at Studio 54 uh, with Bailoff. And then a demo of Pleasures of the Flesh also with Bailoff. And Combat Records released this as a promo only. And the band hated the idea. Uh, and basically didn't want them to release it. So the release was pulled and they used the same barcode on the, a good friendly violent fun album, which is a live album they released. Um, there are, are apparently a very, very small number of copies of this out in the world. Uh, I've heard as few as 25 and I have one of them. Uh, and it was incredibly difficult to track down. There was actually, uh, I posted a message um, after looking for years and years for this at a reasonable price. I posted a message on a, a Exodus fan group on uh, Facebook, and a guy contacted me and had one and was willing to sell it to me for a reasonable price. So that's probably probably my most prized uh, album, just because it's of its rarity. Do you know any awesome urban legends or ghost stories related to the Bay Area? Uh, well, I didn't grow up in the Bay Area. 
Um, it, I did. I well, go ahead. Well, I mean, if if you're more familiar with the LA area, go with that. Yeah, I mean, even that, like urban legends, ghost stories, like um, I don't know. I I do I I do have one that's somewhat related to the Bay Area. Um, there was a a warehouse that all of the bands um, used to rehearse at and some of the guys used to live at um, in Oakland, California. Um, And it's where Paul Bailoff lived and actually where he passed away. I remember before they basically tore the place down, um, I remember going there to rehearse. And um, we were rehearsing uh, with Heathen at, at that studio for a little while. Um, and I just remember that it always had this kind of weird vibe about it, you know, because the, because of its history. Um, and I don't mean weird, like creepy. Um, but just it, you could almost feel the presence of Bailoff, you know, still there amongst all the, all, all the people, um, whether it was, people that actually lived there or people that were in bands rehearsing. Um, and it was kind of a cool thing for me to be able to experience that because the place no longer exists. So like, I, I guess that would be about the closest thing I can think of to that, That's pretty awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No like, worries. Would you like to go back to any questions? Um, no, I mean, if you have other questions for me, I'm happy to answer them. Um, you know, if you have additional ones or want to expand on something that I that I talked about or whatever, feel free. Uh, I mean, I guess some final words then. Um, well, we would just like to thank uh, all of the Heathen fans for their patience. Uh, it's been a long ten years waiting for this album to happen, um, and we appreciate the patience and support all along the way. Um, and we can't wait to get this thing out to, you know, to everybody so they can hear the whole record and, and, uh, hopefully next year or as soon as possible, we will be out on the road and, uh, playing live again. Thanks a lot. This has been an interview on Saturday, September 12th, 2020 with heathen guitarist Craig and Lum by Nick Perkel.